You guys, I greet you with a good morning, not only for the fact that, yes, that's a general greeting that we say to one another, but it truly is a good and great morning. We have arisen. We have a God in heaven that loves us dearly. And you guys, to be honest with you, this week was busy. There were struggles. There were a great many hardships. Um, not so much for myself, but all those around. Um, and I know there's been a lot of trials throughout the church community as well. But we can still come here. We can rest and we can rejoice in our salvation. We can rejoice in God above. We can thank Him for all that He's got. You know, especially this week coming upon Thanksgiving, which is really a crazy thought that we pick one day a year to thank God, you know, and uh, pretty silly of us. But, you know, our lives, and, and I'm pretty sure all of you do thank Him continually. But when we come together, you know, we do joke a lot. We have a lot of laughter. Um, you guys, if, if you haven't been to this church and you're new here and you're seeing this, it's not out of disrespect for what we're gathering for. It's because we love one another and we share things. And when you walk in this door, I mean, I am filled with the joy of the Lord. I truly am. And no matter what situation I am, if God is with me, I'm okay. And believe me, God is with me all the time. We are okay. Uh, one little thing I wanted to share. There was a wonderful wedding here. Uh, if you didn't know, Dan and Amy were married here yesterday. Uh, it was a wonderful ceremony, and they had petals on the ground. So Frank had told me, he says, you know, tomorrow if you find a petal, you get good luck. And, you know, sure, I have a good God, so I don't need luck. But what I truly appreciated is that Frank found a petal, and he came over to me and handed it to me. And I won't get choked up. I won't even look at it that way. But, uh, you know, that's love. You know, it's somebody cares for you. And you guys look around this church. We care for you. We love you. We're your family. And, you know, as we come upon Thanksgiving, and again, I'm thankful for all you guys. You listen to me for four weeks. You're going to hear about wisdom again. Yeah, surprise, just like the song. Um, but, you guys, it really means a lot to have church family and be around those who love each other and, you know, just to share joy. And, and if we laugh, it's great. If we have tears, that's fine. You know, it, it's coming together. And the seriousness of, of Eric giving the sweatshirts and saying, you know, this is like a hug. It truly is. It truly is just wrapping you up in the love the church has for you. And that's in a materialistic, symbolic, symbolic way. But you guys... God does the same thing. He loves you continually. He's always around you. So no matter what comes out today, uh, I just hope that you walk out of this door knowing that Jesus loves you. Um, today, again, we're in Proverbs 9, 1 through 12. Um, honestly, if we would have read the whole chapter 12, or I'm sorry, chapter 9, it wouldn't have been hard. But what it comes down to is kind of two basic things that you could split that chapter into. And it's really feasting on wisdom or dying in folly. So guess which one I took out today? So Dying, correct. You got it. Give that man a t-shirt or something. So, <laughs> so anyway, you guys, and that's not because there's something in the Bible that I don't want to talk about. That's not the truth at all. Okay, every word in the Bible is good for us. Okay, everything that is written needs to be absorbed by us. Today, depending on time factors and things, we're just going to stay in the first half of it. We're going to stay in 1 through 12. 523 in the blue Bible, 593 in the Bibles in the pews that are in front of you. So if you have those, please read them. And again, 
You notice that I don't tell Sean to put the words up here because I want you guys to open God's word. You know, it's we have it on the phones, we have it everywhere, but there's just something special about holding his book, his word, and it doesn't mean that, oh, this is sacred paper, blah, blah, blah. It just means that, hey, this is what God has given me, and this is what we do. We reach it. You have it in your hands just like God is within you. It's not something I'm reading from here and hope you catch. God has already handed it to you. He's got your, his word for you. The topic of this passage is, of course, wisdom. Okay, and I promise this will be the last one this month. Maybe. I don't know where Eric's at. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's the last passage I'll be speaking of this month for sure. Um, you know, remember that wisdom is an eternal attribute of God. Okay, it's been with God forever. He shares it with us. Um, it is a treasure and a gift given to us because simply God loves you. God wants you to be with him. He wants you to walk in the path that he's designed for you. He's given you knowledge about that path, and he's given you wisdom so that you may choose to use that knowledge and walk in his ways. Once again, Proverbs, we're into that book. We're, this is the fourth time we're into it. Proverbs are generally truths for practical, godly living. So, you guys, it's not historical and it's not different things. It just tells you truths that occur from the Bible and how to use them and what they're going to do for you. So it's, it's basically practical application of God's word. So Proverbs is a very important book. Um, it gives us an opportunity to learn. So if you didn't have the knowledge, it's here. If you did have the knowledge and failed to recognize it, it's still here in your face. Okay. A lot of times when we think of, of different things, one of the worldly things is a wise man learns from his mistakes. Well, a wiser man learns from other mistakes. And I think the wisest man learns from God. And, you know, we really need to think, where is wisdom from? It comes from God. We do realize that mistakes are made. We goof up. Perfection is not us. It's not me. It's not any of you. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. So there's going to be failures. There's going to be fail, you know, things that we fail upon. And yet Christ continues to lead us. God continues to give us an abundance of wisdom. Wisdom isn't a one and done. You don't receive wisdom and go, okay, that's good. I'm, I'm all set. Wisdom is a continual thing that leads you in every passage of your life, everywhere that you are. Wisdom finds you where you're at. You don't go to a location and find wisdom. Wisdom knows where you're at. Wisdom sees where you're at, sees the difficulties of where you're at, and is there for you. There's no hidden spot from wisdom because there's no hidden place from God. Okay, God is there and God is leading you. Wisdom finds you where you're at regardless of where you're at. You guys, if you think you're in pits of despair and, and you know just totally out of it, God is there. Wisdom is with him. You have choices to be made to step forward out of the create or out of the things that you've created by yourself and get into the things that God has created. God is first and foremost, of course, we know that, okay? We don't have wisdom without God. We don't have knowledge without God. We don't have anything without God, okay? So when we talk about wisdom and we start sharing the different things that this proverb is going to be saying, it's going to be kind of easy to throw in and go, oh, I know what that represents, and I know what that represents, and I know what that represents. The truth is, is God's giving you wisdom to apply the things he's telling you. Don't get sidetracked into different things. God first, 
God loves you and he's given you wisdom. So we follow the things that God has given us. But we don't put wisdom and say, well, I'm a very wise man. I don't need God. Because you've just become a fool. Okay, So wisdom is very important for us. To have knowledge of him gives us understanding. Okay, Everybody knows, even if you don't or have never heard the word of God, you know that there is something. There is a creator. There is something there. That in, you know, as God says, even the people that haven't heard my name know because of the things I've done and the things that I've created. So we have knowledge of that. We need to apply that. We need to have practicality of that. You know, we need to do that in proper respect and reverence of God. Okay, we're going to learn about the fear of the Lord, which we told you yesterday. One of them was the fear of the Lord is to hate, or not yesterday, but Sunday. Uh, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. We're going to hear something else today, but we're going to read it in the context of this passage. Four weeks does sound like a long time that be on the topic of wisdom. Okay, it might be boring. I hope it is not because we can't walk out of that door and live without wisdom and stay on God's righteous path. Okay, wisdom needs to be applied every day. So if you hear about it for four times this month, I'm sorry that it becomes redundant. And what I say is over and over. But you guys, the application of wisdom is so important. We spoke of a number last week, and I don't even want to bring it up, but you know, wisdom is spoken a whole bunch about in the Bible. And if it's good enough to be repeated in the Bible over and over again, maybe we should think about learning about it and using it and applying it to our lives. You know, wisdom is the first step in walking with God. God has created you. He has created you with a desire to want to be with him and to love him. Okay? So, you guys, when you think that all the things that you've produced and done in your life are the satisfaction, and you get to the point where you've achieved your goals, and your heart is still whole, or heart is still empty, and there's still a hole there, you'll begin to realize that all those things that you produced or desired or wanted, if they were not God, you're still empty. It's a hole that just keeps being filled and filled and filled, and it never closes. But with God, he offers you the closure because what he has is what fits to us. You know, we have the desire and we wouldn't have that without God. God draws us. God created you. God gave you a desire. And then you say, well, I do desire. How do I know? Where do I go? What do I do? God has given us wisdom. God says, I'm going to give you the first step. You love me. I love you greater. I'm showing you a path to walk on, and here's what you do. Pick up that first foot and put it down. That's wisdom. Okay. Without that first step, you can't go anywhere. No matter what you're dreaming of or what you're thinking of or where you think you're going, if you don't make that first step, you're not going anywhere. You're sitting right where you were. Okay. I've been on a path that actually was leading away from God. I took my first step this way. God was that way. Okay? Because what I wanted was over there. And God was over here. And you guys, I wasn't walking parallel to God. I wasn't getting close to God. I wasn't walking almost in His way. When you're not walking with God, you're walking away from Him. When you're not using the wisdom of God, you're following the wisdom of the world. The wisdom of the world does not want you to be with God. The wisdom of the world wants you to selfishly fill yourself with everything it offers and stay away from God. It's a crazy thing. Why would that happen? Sin. 
Sin is simply the way the world would like, the world has been drawn to. We are not of the world, we are of God, we are in the world. So when you take that path and you want to be with God, God offers you the first step, and that step's wisdom. <clears throat> but, you know, you guys, there's, there's truly good news when I speak of the path to God. Because wherever you're at, there's a starting point. Okay, this is cool. You don't have to walk through all the bad and all the terrible things and everything, and you don't have to fight the jungle to find the path of God. God is right there. It is right where you are. You just need to go, God, I've got your direction. I'm going to step forward. You need to have faith that his path is the right one. We waver back and forth. We think about the path of God. Yeah, we know that's right. But boy, look at all the fun they're having over here. So we tend to go, mm, ah, go this way. We tend to walk away from it. So the good news is God says, hey, Ron, I see you. You've been fighting in the jungle. You've been fighting in the mud. You're stuck. You're in a bad spot. Guess what? Here's the path. You're not surrounded. You're never encompassed by full evil where you don't have a path to God. That's never the case in your life. Everything surrounding you may seem bad. Everything that is happening may be wrong in your eyes. And God is present. And he's right there. And he's not just watching you sink. God is right there saying, hey, how about taking this smart path over here? How about stepping forward in wisdom and coming on the only path that leads you out of this circle? And that's my path. How about doing that? And God offers us the ability to do that. He offers us the knowledge to do that. Do you have the wisdom to step forward in the right direction? Our good news is God is right there. You can't be too bad for God. You can't be too much of a sinner. You can't have forgotten him too long in your life. Guys, some people choose very early. Some people choose very late. But God is there for you. He is there wherever you are, whenever you are, and he's waiting for you to direct you. Today's passage starts with an invitation to a meal I thought was very appropriate. You know, Thanksgiving is Thursday. And I won't sit on these passages too long because there's a lot of things that you can learn from them. You can direct out of them. You can, you can confuse yourself with them. Or you can sit down with somebody else and go, let's talk about the theology of what this word means. But you know what? It all is going to boil down to, there's an invitation to a feast, you guys. And we're invited. And it's prepared for us. Let me pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Lord, why you love us, don't know. But you do. Complete faith in the fact, Lord, that you love us. The things we do are often wrong. We often walk away from you. Lord, I haven't even stayed on your path. It's the wise decisions being made, and, and I follow unwise. Lord, you're, you're placing in front of me everything I need. There is nothing that I am missing right now, Lord, from you. You are complete. You are full. And yet, Lord, my mind still wanders. I'm still complacent about the things you've given me, and I still walk in other directions. But I stand right here now, Lord, and I thank you that you are present in my life, you are a God of grace and mercy. You forgive my sins. And the path to you, Lord, is there and it is available. 
if I walk off, you direct me back, Lord. There's no other path to you, and I know that. And I thank you so much for the wisdom and knowledge that lead me to you. I thank you for your salvation through your son, and I thank you for this time that I'm going to share your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Proverbs chapter 9. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. She has slaughtered her beast. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, Come, eat of my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. Whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. And he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. Do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will, still be, he will be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. For by me your days will be multiplied and years will be added to your life. If you are wise, you are wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone bear it. This is the word of the Lord. We can start in the first verse. Wisdom has built her house. She has hewn her seven pillars. You guys, there are tons of commentaries on this. The directions are not where I'm going. We can talk about the number seven. We can talk about the pillars. We can talk about how big a house was. <clears throat> Is it temple-ish, you know, temple-like? <clears throat> we can go all through that. I'm a basic guy. Let's look at this passage and say, she has built her house, she has hewn her seven pillars. Hewn means to form, to create, to, to build and finish. Seven pillars, seven is, you know, we can go deep, but it's, it's really a number for perfection. Okay. Um, it's, the pillars are supportive. They hold things up. So I don't believe that I need to break down this passage into how this building is constructed. But I do want to tell you that it's wisdom and wisdom has a place for you. It is a place large enough to hold everyone that it invites. It is not a shack. It is not a lean-to. It is a very strong place to be. Okay? It will not fail. It will not collapse. And when you think of that in this building, there's a wonderful house to be at. Please don't confuse this with God's temple or anything in there. This is just symbolic. Wisdom has a place for you and it can hold all that it calls. Remember that you're not an outsider. The door is open for you. There's nobody you have to come in with. There's no VIP pass. There's nobody you have to say, I'm with him. Wisdom allows you personally to reach for it, and it says, I'm here. It's got place for you. She has slaughtered her beast, she has mixed her wine, and she has also set her table. First thing I see is beast is plural. It's a feast. Okay? There's more than one. She has mixed her wine. I don't want to get technical on this. Back in the day, wine meant so many different things. Okay? It could range from a squeezed grape to the fermented things that we know of today. It was blended. It was mixed. Different sects of the not, um, cultures had different things to say this wine is perfect. They would mix it three to one or five to one or three to two and they had their mix, they would put different things into the grapes 
they would put spices and other things to make it a drink. Okay, what this is saying, and I believe, is that she slaughtered her beast. She prepared food. She prepared something to fill you with. Okay, obviously, slaughtered beasts were going to sacrifice in the Old Testament. Forgiveness of sins, the things there. Guys, I'm going to pull you back to basic again. To think always forward of the life of Christ through the Bible is a good thing to do. Okay? We can bring the representation of the wine, the table, everything to Jesus Christ. Right here, I'm talking about wisdom. I'm not taking anything away and I'm not doing it out of disrespect. But think of it. She has slaughtered a beast, she has mixed her wine, and she has also set her table. The slaughtered beast just means there's something for you, something to absorb, something to eat. She has mixed her wine. It's not the wine of the world. It is not the blended wine of other things coming into it and all the different changes. It's wisdom. It's correct. It's true. It's pure. It's untainted in any way. So there is an untainted thing for us to absorb. Wisdom. She has also set her table. You guys, as we come to Thanksgiving, I don't know if it's true in, in your home, but in mine, you want that table looking good. You want the chairs available for everybody to sit and think that they are special. Because they are. The loved ones that come around us and sit at that meal, we prepare it doesn't mean it's all got to be gold and crystal. Things of memory and things that mean something to you are placed upon the tables. We have so many different things that go on ours. And for me, it's like, well, get rid of that. Who needs that? I need food on the table. I don't really care. Just bring the potatoes right out of the pan. I'll be happy. <clears throat> but you know what it is? The joy of setting something up and making those around you feel special. This is a table. Wisdom sets that table. It's a glorious table full of food and drink. And wisdom is saying, you are the one I love. You are special. You are the one I want to give this to. Come. Pulls back the chair. Sit here. Sit at this table. So I know that I've read the commentaries. I've gone through things. And I know you can go many different or many different ways. But you guys just think. Wisdom. God sharing that gift. He shares it with you, pulls out a chair and says, you're the one I love and you're special. Please come eat of this. Please take this. You guys, it's, it's an invitation that is just unbelievable. There is no way we deserve this. And God gives it to us freely. So the table is set. Everything is there. And you guys, my mind's thinking of Thanksgiving at our home and, and I'm glad that the church is doing the Thanksgiving for others, um, and it's truly appreciative because in a selfish way, I'm going to share with my family in another way that the church is going to share with those that don't have anybody and, and some that do, and they just want to gather together with others. What a blessing that is. I've talked to people that don't go to our church, and they're looking forward to this meal because they can get together with somebody else, and that was super cool. And I'll be honest, I jumped in. I'm like, yeah, church is doing that. Yeah, they're helping on that. Yeah. You know, taking credit for something I'm not <laughs> doing. But you guys, it's just the joy of knowing that this church is so full of love and that they share with others. So this is a wonderful meal that's set. <clears throat> it's all prepared. 
If it were in a room and the door was closed, nobody would know. So the next verse, she sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. To him who lacks sense, she says, come, eat my bread and drink of the wine I have mixed. Again, bread and wine, guys, how does that not come into communion? Well, what I'm telling you right now, and I agree that it does, but I'm first saying, think of this. Wisdom is just saying, come. Come on, you guys. Join me. Let me be with you. Use me. Take the things that I have that I'm freely giving you and absorb them. God's wisdom. Setting out like a table. And like I said, in a closed door, nobody would know, but here they are. Our last passage said that wisdom was out calling from high, calling from the streets, calling from the centers. Here, it says she has sent out her young women to call from the highest places in town. Those that are wise, those that have walked with wisdom and know what it is about, know the joys and the glory and, and everything that wisdom brings, they can't contain. They're going to go out and they're going to share it. Now, at this point, yeah, bring this into you. You've heard wisdom. You've received or haven't received. That's up to you. But you know God's word. You know his love. Have you sat in closed doors? Or do you go out and do you echo it in the streets and say, guys, I know where to go. Go to God. Go to his word. Let me tell you what he's done for me. In just a little bit, we're going to talk about doing that. But right now, it says, leave your simple ways and live and walk in the way of insight. You guys come into my house, which means you're going to leave the world you were out of. It's very difficult and almost impossible to blend those two. Because of the fact that when we do that, what we do is we water ourselves down. We water God down to accept the things that are coming at us. We should blend with the world. We should go in but in an opposite direction. We should be the ones filling, salting the world and bringing God's love into it. We can't be isolated. We can't just stay to ourselves. We have to go outside and we have to call in the streets. And the people we call to aren't the ones that are all wise. It says, let your simple way, or come eat, drink the wine and I have mixed. Leave your simple ways. So they're calling the people that are simple, the ones that haven't chosen God. The ones that are walking in complacency going, eh, might matter, might not, I don't know. She say, no, come into here. So they're asking, step outside, make that call. <clears throat> this isn't somebody else's job. This is yours. It's not mine to stand up here at the pulpit and do this and, hey guys, good, I heard Ron, that was great. It's, what do I do now? Where's my walk? Where's my application? I better go tell somebody about Jesus. I better show them the wisdom of God and lead them there. Again, we are salesmen. We are not management. Okay? Guys, ours is an introductory job. You're not going to go out there and change their life. You shouldn't try. Just go out there and show them Jesus. Show them what he has done for you. And let them be so jealous that they have to have it. Whoever cracks a scoffer gets himself abuse, and he who reproves a wicked man incurs injury. To reprove a scoffer 
or do not reprove a scoffer or he will hate you. I'm going to stop there and notice that it says a scoffer and a wicked man. We talked a few weeks ago about the difference of that. The scoffer is one who hates and wants to deny the things that are good from God. He's not the simple man. He's not the one that doesn't understand or hasn't heard. He's the one who has heard and has chosen to go against it. Here's a person that's walking around, stuck in his way, in his desire, and it also talks about the wicked man. Those that are actually bent on evil and are against good. They're here. Okay? It says, whoever corrects a scoffer gets himself abuse. I don't know about you guys. Have you ever tried to correct somebody that's set in their ways? Yeah, I have. Okay? Let's start the battle. Okay? And basically, you're good intent. You're thinking, wow, I can just tell him how to change. And when you do, you just started a war. That person is going to come against you and he's going to abuse you. And first thing they're going to do is tell you how wrong you are. Tell you how wrong what you're following is. And tell you that you've been incorrect this whole time. Then they're going to try and go to different directions and find different battlefronts and attack you personally. Okay? The wicked man will go even further than that and try and hurt those around you and those that have shared you've shared with. There is evil out there. I'm not denying that. So when we go upon it, guys, guess what? We have wisdom. Can I share with that person? And sometimes, you guys, you're going to go to a wicked man and you're going to try to share with him. Out of great intent on yourself, you'll immediately know by the response where you stand. Number one, you shouldn't be speaking to anybody unless you have a relationship with them. Stranger on the street, unless their shoe's untied or they're going to walk down a hole, <clears throat> there's no reason to try to correct them. You don't know them. You don't know where they're at. Okay? But if you're walking down the street and you have the joy of the Lord filling you, they can't help but see that. Wisdom says, hey, I'm not battling this right now. Number one, it's not your battle. They're in a fight. They truly are. The evil and the wicked, they're battling. They're already fighting before you walk up. But they're not fighting with you. They're fighting with God. That's not your battle. That's God's battle. Again, for those that are simple, unway, unsure of which way to go, guys, be right there for them. Love them, care for them, show them the way. That's what we do. We introduce. The evil and the wicked, yes, love them. Care for them. Pray for them. Tough thing to do, especially if that evil and wickedness has come upon you. Pray for them. It's okay to love them. The wisdom says, love your neighbor. Okay? Don't love what they're doing. We don't have to go, well, okay, I love you, so I'm going to accept everything you're doing. No. And you don't have to fight them. Just love them. Okay? Remember who's the battle, whose battle it is. It is God's. Do not reprove a scoffer. He will hate you. He'll abuse you. You guys, you can't fight a battle without coming away with scars. If you don't have an injury or wounding, either internally or externally, physical or emotional, you haven't even been in the battle. And that's what they're saying. Don't get in that battle. You'll save yourself a lot of injury to use God's wisdom and know when to walk away. 
An evil person may or may not turn to God. You don't know. You don't know where that'll happen or when that'll happen. That's up to them. Don't stand there and fight. You're wasting your time because there's so many else out there. You guys, we do it as a church, and churches do it as well. We want to battle people and tell them where they're wrong. You know, our biggest battles, and I'm guilty, is against those in other churches. You guys are doing it wrong. I got to correct you. You got to do it. We're, you know, this is right. You're not. Man, that's not my battle. Right now, there's churches filled with people who love Jesus. Do I believe everything the church is telling them? Maybe not. Do I believe that Jesus loves them all? Yes, I do. Where's the battle? Share Jesus. He's the one who's in charge. So, reprove a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he'll, still, he'll be still wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in learning. You guys, it's not about pick and choose. Because if you start picking and choosing and going, oh, this guy's really smart and I'm going to show him how to be smarter. We're coming to ourselves and thinking that we have something to give more than we do. We're doing it for pride. We're doing it for ulterior motives. We're doing it because we want to show him who we are. But if you have somebody that is wise and somebody that is loving the Lord, come alongside them. One of the things that I don't have a whole bunch of is people that want to sit down and go, let's talk. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's open this up. Okay. Because sometimes I'm wrong. And I don't know why, but I'm kind of an intimidating person. And people won't come against me. I wish they would. Because I don't want to walk in ignorance thinking my way's right. I'm going to challenge you when you correct me to go to the Word and show me where it is in God's Word. But please do it. You guys, I love the Lord. You know that. I mean, this is fantastic. I love talking about God. I'll do it all the time. But the fact is, is I can grow. I can learn. Eric can grow. Eric can learn. You know what you do with your pastor? You bring him your troubles. That's a good thing. That's okay. He's there to pray for you. He's there to lead you. He's there to guide you. Have you ever thought about helping him? Have you ever come to Eric and say, hey, let's get together because I want to help you. He would accept that knowing his wisdom and go, wow, I can learn more. Believe me, that guy's reading commentaries and trying to reach out to everybody he can when he sets a sermon up. He's trying to learn as much as he can. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And that's what you're supposed to be doing for others. You have wisdom. You have a resource of wisdom. Share that wisdom. It's not a matter of being greater. It's a matter of being more. There's an abundance of wisdom that God wants to share with each and every one of us. And there's nobody too low and nobody too high to continue learning. So please, wherever you're at, help those around you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We also heard last week that the fear of the Lord was to hate evil. One of them was telling us what to do. One of them is now telling us what it is. Fear of the Lord is reverence and awe of who He is. It's not cowardice and running from Him. It's understanding, and we never fully will. 
but it's God, the creator of all things, the creator of heaven and earth. Look out and look at some stars farther than you could ever see. God has created that. We're in motion. He's moving the earth around. He's got the sun in the right spot. He's got the moon in the right spot. We're still cruising around. We're getting every day. That's God. He created all that. And then he took and he said, you, I'm creating you and I love you. And I'm going to be all about your life. I'm going to be all up in your business. He loves you. And it's so individual, it's unbelievable. God is not there shaking a dice and pouring people out on the earth saying, wonder what will happen. For something we can't even comprehend, He is giving you personal wisdom to lead your life in every direction that you need. It's not a one and done, and it's not a one for one size fits all. God personally is in your life, loving you and caring about you and leading you in the step that you're at. All he's asking is to, for you to listen. It's amazing to increase in him and to love him greater, to fear him. The beginning of wisdom. God never had a beginning of wisdom. It's always been with him. It's an eternal attribute. But when we choose God, we have a beginning of wisdom. We weren't born wise. We were born human. God has given us wisdom. It is a great gift. For by me, your days will be multiplied and your years will be added to your life. Oh, great, because I got a calendar here and I'm going to go to this point and I want to go to this point. Not the case, guys. Greater life, longer abundance. It just means it's going to be so filled. God has the right. He knows when we're going to go. God, he's either going to come and get us or we're going to pass away and go to him. God's got that time. He knows. God doesn't play time. That's a gift for us. God is in the past, in the future, and in the present. So this means that your days are going to be so full of the right things. Sometimes when we're sick and ill or frustrated, it's just like, I want to crawl in bed and get this day over with. You're going to be in a spot with God where you're going to go, give me more, give me more, and I'm not going to bed. I just want to be with you, God, all day long. That day is going to seem like years. If you are wise, you're wise for yourself. If you scoff, you alone will bear it. This wisdom is for you. I can't give it to you. I can't hand it to you. I can't tell you, do this, do that. Yes, I will share with you what God has done for me. That's the only truth I can give you. I can't even tell you, I did this, so if you do this, you'll get this. We're different people. We have different lives. The wisdom that God gave me is wisdom for me. Not in a selfish way, but in an unbelievable, I'm loved way. God does that for you. God individually has given wisdom that has created this earth. There's such a great abundance and he hands you just what you need. It's not to puff you up or make you think that you're somebody special. You are somebody special because God loves you. But the wisdom that he gives you is for you to walk in his path because God loves you. God wants to be with you. It is not a wisdom I'm talking about to, hey, we're a smart church. Here we go. We know answers. It is wisdom. So you walk with God. And I hope that we're a church that says we love him 
He is always with us. My gosh, this is so good, I have to share it. That's who we should be. God gives us wisdom in so many different ways, so many different directions, so many different paths. I would be glad to share the things he's done with me. But it's just like financial investments. I did this, you should do that. They do that and it collapses. Yeah, sorry, I was wrong. God's never wrong. He gives us everything we need. And he does it individually. You know, we'll go into communion. I'm not taking anything away from whoever's doing it. But, but we hold that cup for a reason. We take that bread for a reason. Because it is God loving you. Not a group overall, and maybe you'll get some, maybe you won't. God loves you. If you scoff, you will bear it alone. You guys, if you turn from wisdom, if you don't care about it, if you're led away, it's not going to have an effect. It, it will have ripples on some people that you're close to. There are certain things that I gave up alcohol long time ago. Don't even remember. And now I don't feel any attraction to it. God took away all desire. Temptation's always there, but it doesn't even matter because I don't desire it. And sometimes I think, well, I can take a drink. Ah, they're doing wine. I'll do wine. But you know what? It would have a ripple effect on those that are around me and know that the reason I don't have is a desire is because I handed it to the Lord and said, God, take this away from me. So I won't pick up liquor anymore. I don't feel it to be a problem, but I have no desire. And I also have people watching me. So... I told them what God meant to me and it meant so much to me that I don't do this. Why would I? You guys, when we do different things and we scoff at God, we scoff at the wisdom that he's given us, we're showing others around him, around us, that maybe he doesn't mean as much as we're telling them. So we do have to lead a life. We have responsibilities to share with others. Will your sharing or lack of sharing send somebody Basically to hell, not having salvation. No, God will take care of them. He does personally. God gives us the opportunity to lead the wisdom to share, the wisdom to show people God's correct path. So I guess what I'm saying is, the wisdom is for you. Don't think that you're so much. And that, wow, I received wisdom, look at me. Because guys, as soon as you start pointing to yourself or thinking that you're somebody bigger than you are, you're destroying yourself. Pride has gotten in and you're sinning. Don't do it, but boy, go ahead and rejoice and be thrilled and be filled with all the joy because God loves you. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't give you wisdom to follow him. With that being said, I wanted to talk about Thanksgiving just a little bit because this really did set a table. You guys, again, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just sharing with you. This Thanksgiving, we're not thanking Indians for showing us how to grow crops. We're not thanking other people that they've done things for us. Thanksgiving is the true blessing that God has given you. And when you sit at that table, guys, I know conversation Football, sports, parade, dog show, all that stuff. You guys, please try to share the wisdom and love of God 
at the table you're sitting at, wherever that is. Dear Father in heaven, you are an amazing God. Lord, in a few short days, we will be thanking you and uh, just coming before you in worship, in praise. Lord, we actually do that with gluttony and just desires of, of sharing. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us all that we have been given. Sometimes, Lord, we wake up in the morning and we jump right to the desires that we don't have and, and we think that you have left us. Lord, let us rejoice in this day. Let us rejoice every day. Let us follow your paths. Let us be led by your wisdom. Lord, and we thank you for the knowledge and especially the grace and mercy that you show us through the salvation of uh, through your son, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, in this time we ask forgiveness for the fact that we bring this to a day. We pray that each and every one that hears this word, Lord, is a day of thanksgiving every day of praise to you every moment of our lives so that we may lo love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, that we may love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, may we do that every day, and especially Thursday when we get together. We thank you, Lord, for all you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.